0: Listening to CITR FM 101.9 on your FM dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for the Jazz Show coming right up with Gavin Walker. (laughs)
1: Do but deal, do we? do we? we
2: we?
1: do we?
0: We would certainly like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. Or, of course, if you uh, live stream on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we... How about that weather? Isn't that wonderful today? Yeah, we're going to have a couple more days of this, too, uh, which is really nice and... uh, Hmm. I saw all kinds of people out in shorts, and uh, I think the beaches were <laughs> starting to be. We've had this cold winter and this cold snap in Vancouver, which is quite unusual, and uh, all of a sudden, bang, it's here. So that's a lovely thing. We have uh, lots of music to play for you this evening, of course, right until well after midnight, as we usually do. And, of course, as we usually do, we start with our jazz feature. And this evening is a gentleman who I think people should know a little more about. He's a composer, pianist, band leader, and he wrote uh, a very important uh, musical theory book called The Lydian Concept of Tonal Organization, and if that doesn't scare you off, I don't know what will, but anyway, it's a book that uh, uh, many, many people uh, studied from, people like John Coltrane, Sonny Rollins, um, Eric Dolphy, uh, Miles Davis. Um, Russell was uh, one of those people that was kind of a, in, in the background of jazz. He was more noted uh, as a composer rather than uh, as a band leader. Um, and he was born in uh, 1923, June 23rd, 1923, and passed away in 2009, July 27th to be exact. And he had a very strong influence on modern jazz, but as I mentioned before, he was a background figure. He first made his mark as an innovative composer um, with his first major work for, written for the very advanced Dizzy Gillespie big band in the 40s. And he wrote a piece of music called Cubano Beat, Cubano Bop. And of course, um, he went on from there. And of course, uh, his bio is very extensive. And if you go on to Wikipedia, it's um one of the better uh more complete biographies on there so it's if you're interested in george russell it's really worth your time to uh, to go and check it out and uh find out all the accomplishments uh of this man he became a little more prominent when he be- began recording um his own music and uh, with ensembles that he put together uh, in the 1950s, and by that time, uh, Mr. Russell was playing piano as well. And then, from about 1960 to 1964, he led his own, usually a sextet, and um, they traveled all over the United States and and uh, I think up in Canada as well. And they recorded for both uh, Riverside Records and Decca Records. Also, Russell wrote some major works as well. He wrote a a, a suite of music called New York, New York, um, which is an incredible piece of music and and worth worth searching for if you've never heard it, and another one called Jazz in the Space Age. And there's something about Russell's music that never seems to date. I don't know what it is. It's an elusive... um, feel, it's the way perhaps he voices the horns, um, that sort of thing, and I think you'll find this very evident in in tonight's presentation of George Russell's music. So as I mentioned before, he had a working band from 1960 through to 1964, and uh, the personnel of his sextets changed, and um, And it was mostly um, comprised of up and coming younger, then younger players. And tonight's jazz feature is called The George Russell Sextet in KC. I think it's one of the best. The only thing is, uh, it wasn't recorded in KC, Kansas City. It was recorded in New York after. Russell and this very same band came back from a two-week gig in Kansas City. Probably scared the daylights out of the Southerners, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, this band came back, and Russell uh, felt that it, uh, that they should record the music that they played uh, on that gig in Kansas City. And the band was very tight and um, right and ripe for recording. So this. A date was made in New York City on February twenty-third, 1961, with this incredible sextet. The people involved here, of course, uh, Russell plays the piano. He's the leader and arranger, um, and the band consists of a young man on trumpet who was eventually going to make a huge name for himself as a band leader under his own right. I'm talking about Don Ellis on trumpet. A little more obscure was the saxophone player on here, a gentleman from uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, His name was Dave Young. Very, very fine uh, Coltrane-influenced tenor saxophone player. But he wasn't uh, swallowed up by Coltrane's uh, uh, concept. He, he had his own way of playing, as you'll hear. On trombone is a gentleman who became one of the premier educators in jazz music. And I'm talking about David Baker. And um, Baker eventually had to give up the trombone. He had some uh, jaw injury. And he, he gave up the instrument. He took up the cello of all things, and uh, continued to uh, perform and, of course, uh, went into teaching and, as I mentioned, became one of the premier educators in jazz. On bass, is a gentleman named Chuck Israels. Chuck Israels is still very much alive. He's, um, he ended up playing um, with all kinds of people, Herbie Hancock, uh, Hank Mobley, John Coltrane, uh, Bill Evans, and uh, one of the finest uh, bass players on the planet, and on drums, someone else who has been overlooked—a very, very fine drummer who also worked with Bill Evans and Stan Getz—and uh, he is still alive as well and performing. His name Joe Hunt. So that's the uh, the personnel: Don Ellis trumpet, Dave Young tenor saxophone, Dave Baker on trombone, Chuck Israel's on bass, Joe Hunt on drums, and of course Mr. Russell playing the piano and leading the band. And, of course, uh, these are all his arrangements. Ironically, none of the tunes on this album were composed by George Russell. They were composed by other people. But, of course, his touch is on all of these uh, compositions. The first one was written by the trombonist, a great opener, and it was written by the trombonist Dave Baker, and it's called War Gewessen. The next two tunes were written by a young lady who was also studying with George Russell and studying his theory, and she wasn't extremely well-known at that time, but she became well-known as a bandleader and a mover and shaker in jazz music, Carla Blay, And she wrote the next two tunes on the album. The first one is the more reflective Rhymes. And tune number three is um, kind of reflective of Carla Blay's mordant sense of humor. And uh, tune number three is called Lunacy. Tune number four is The Blues. And it was written by the great, late, ill-fated trumpeter Clifford Brown. And he wrote that tune called Sandu. Then tune number five is often credited to Miles Davis, but it was actually written by a blues-playing alto saxophonist by the name of Eddie Cleanhead Vincent, and he wrote that tune. It's called Tune Up, and uh, there's a uh, an incredibly fast uh, up-tempo version of that tune. And the final piece of music, which fades out is uh, the band's theme and set closer and it's a group composition um, a group improv really and that closes the album and I to this day this is one of to me this is one of the finer George Russell albums and very representative of the sound of his uh, working band the sextet so It was originally issued on Decca Records. Hmm. All right. We get to the jazz feature right now with the music of George Russell. Sit back and enjoy.
2: Thank <laughs> you.
3: ここここ<音楽><音楽>
0: And that's how the album ends, on a fade-out. A little bit frustrating, but that's <laughs> the way they did things in those days. Uh, originally, this album was issued on Decca uh, Records, and it was uh, quite a rare item. And uh, it was called the George Russell Sextet in Kansas City. And as I mentioned before, it was not recorded in Kansas City. They had just returned from that great city, uh they played a two week gig there returned to new york and decided to record the album because the band was at its peak and uh russell took them in george russell took them into the studio so we heard the george russell sextet with the great music master george russell on piano uh he can he led the band and of course uh, arranged all of those compositions in his own inimitable style. George Russell was a very important person in modern jazz music, Um, more of a background figure. Uh, um, He wrote a very important book on music theory called The Lydian Concept of Tonal Organization, and uh, it was a book that was used by all of the people that played in his band, but also people like Miles Davis and John Coltrane and Eric Dolphy um, all kinds of people studied that book and uh, learned um, many things from it. And uh, it is a book that uh, many modern musicians today uh, look into and uh, and check out, the Lydian concept of tonal organization. So that was one of George Russell's big accomplishments. And of course, he composed for large groups and and, and so on, but he really came to prominence um, from th- this sort of background figure in the early 60s when he led a touring sextet. And, of course, uh, over the years, uh, he led that sextet. They played all over the U.S. and, and Canada as well and uh, and Europe. And um, Russell, uh, they went through some uh, personnel changes and all that kind of stuff, but... Uh, uh, they were there to play George Russell's music. And um, at the end of um, that tenure, uh, George Russell packed his bags and moved to Sweden for many years and spent a lot of time in Europe and so on and so forth. Anyway, there's a very good bio of George Russell on Wikipedia. So if you're interested in finding a little more about this um, Very influential figure in modern jazz. Check it out. The music we heard tonight, as I mentioned, was uh, the George Russell sextet. And we heard Mr. Russell on the piano. Uh, Don Ellis on trumpet, who went on to uh, become one of the more influential band leaders and um, great player. On tenor saxophone, someone who's a little underrated, um... He was from Indianapolis and very, very fine tenor saxophonist, Dave Young. And uh, on trombone, a gentleman that went on to be one of the foremost educators in jazz music, David Baker. And he played the trombone here. Um, It wasn't long after this recording session that uh, Baker had to give up playing the trombone. Uh, He had an injury to his jaw. And it took him about a year before he, um, he mastered the cello of all things and, of course, continued to uh, uh, perform but uh, became, um, as I said, one of the great jazz educators. So Dave Baker on trombone here. And he certainly had his own concept on that instrument. On bass, someone who played with uh, Bill Evans, John Coltrane, Hank Mobley, Herbie Hancock, all kinds of people. The great Chuck Israels on bass. And on drums, another gentleman who's a little bit overlooked, but uh, he performed also with Bill Evans and Stan Getz and various other people. He's still alive and well. On drums, Joe Hunt. And all of this was recorded in a New York City studio February 23, 1961, the George Russell sextet and the tunes. Ironically, there are no George Russell compositions on this uh, album. However, his mark is on all of these pieces, and, and the ensemble um, still sounds very contemporary and modern, as all of Russell's um, groups uh, sound. They don't seem to have that sort of dated feel in, in, in the music. So uh, the first tune was written by the trombonist, David Baker, and it was called War Gewesson. Tune number two and tune number three were written by a young lady who was studying with George Russell. Her name, Carla Blay, and she wrote the the next two tunes. The first one was entitled Rhymes, and the one after that was called Lunacy. Two distinctive Carla Blay compositions. And then we moved to the blues, written by the late great trumpeter Clifford Brown, and one of his classic blues lines called Sandu. Then the uh, up-tempo tune. As I mentioned before, it's a tune that was often credited to Miles Davis, and uh, except that he didn't write it. Um, the person that created this tune was a blues-playing alto saxophonist named Eddie Cleanhead Vinson, and he wrote that tune called Tune Up. And we heard a great version of that um, on the album. And the final tune was a group, kind of a group uh, improv. And as I mentioned before, sadly fades out at the end of the album. Um, but they, the band used that as a theme and set closer. So um, the album should have contained a complete version of that tune rather than the fade-out. It's always frustrating because you never, you never know what you've missed. Anyway, Um I still think this is one of George Russell's finer albums, and I hope you enjoyed it too. The George Russell Sextet in KC, even though it was misnamed. Um, we call it the George Russell Sextet in New York. Once again, Don Ellis on trumpet, Dave Young, Tanner Saxophone, David Baker on trombone, Chuck Israels on bass, and Joe Hunt on drums, and of course the distinguished Mr. George Russell on piano. Our jazz feature this evening on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and you're listening to The Jazz Show. And we will be right back after these significant messages. Niles, man. Huh? They kept saying they believed in nothing. Niles. The
1: Greatest Date from Nihilism, Rediscovering Our Passion in Late Modernity by Dr. Gordon E. Karkner involves a journey out of the prison of contemporary nihilism and into a meaningful life trajectory. Rooted in the work of Canadian premier philosopher Charles Taylor, this book is a relevant read for students and faculty. You can find it at the UBC or Regent bookstores. Who's the nihilist around here, you bunch of f-ing cry baby?
0: Day was such a glorious day, and we're going to have a couple more of them. Uh, I think even warmer than today, so uh, uh, get out there if you can and just really enjoy the uh, incredible weather because uh, we've been waiting for it, and we deserve it. Yes, we do. All right, um, tonight is uh, going to be clear, a nice big moon up in the sky because it's coming up to a full moon. And uh, it's clear tonight with a low down to about 4, quite comfortable. Uh, Tomorrow will be sunny with a low of 4 and highs between 15 and 22. Wow. Wednesday will be sunny once again with a low of 4 and highs between 15 and 21. Great. Then uh, Thursday is a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 6 and a high of 15, still quite pleasant and then a bit of a downturn for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's going to be all three days they're calling for cloudy weather with a 60% chance of a shower with uh, more um, seasonal temperatures with uh, lows down to about 6 or 7 and highs up to between 12 and 14. So that's uh, the weather picture for the week. Enjoy when you We're going to turn things over for a few tunes. These are all of his own tunes. One of the great voices of the tenor saxophone, a gentleman who made his mark when he was a teenager playing in Lionel Hampton's band in 1942 and played one of the most famous tenor saxophone solos in history of jazz. And um, he was only 17 when he did it. And I'm talking about Illinois Jaquette. Monsieur Jaquette was born in uh, Broussard, um, Louisiana, and of course came from a musical family. And uh, Monsieur Jacquet, um could really play. I remember hearing um, Illinois Jaquette in uh, in Montreal when I was just a uh, my mother took me to hear jazz at the Philharmonic, and uh, I think I was about 11 years old. And uh, Illinois Jacquet was one of the stars, and of course, uh, because of his name, which is uh, French, um, the, the French Canadians in Montreal. Anytime he he played one or two notes, the, the place was just deafened by cheers, <laughs> and uh, he he was the hit. And it didn't matter how how well anyone else played, Illinois Jacquet got the most applause. So wonderful tenor saxophonist, um, truly a boss tenor. I and mean, He plays with such uh, incredible authority and confidence, uh, as you'll hear on these tunes. We're going to hear um, four tunes by, by Illinois. He, he uh, composed them all, and he's backed up what, by an ace rhythm section, Barry Harris on piano, Ben Tucker on bass, and the great Alan Dawson on drums. And the four tunes we're going to hear, all written by Monsieur Joquette. Um The first one is called Bottoms Up. The second tune is called Port of Rico. And then a ballad called You Left Me All Alone. And the final tune is Jivin' with Jack the Bellboy. And all of this was recorded uh, for Prestige Records in 1968. So here then... Illinois is Hmm. Mighty Illinois Joquette on tenor saxophone playing four of his own tunes along with Barry Harris on piano, Ben Tucker on bass, and Alan Dawson on drums. And um, Illinois hadn't recorded for uh, quite a while and he came up popped up on this album on Prestige Records and he made a whole series of them for Prestige around this time. So this was recorded in 1968 in March and um We heard Bottoms Up was the first tune, second tune was Port of Rico, third tune was A Ballad, You Left Me All Alone, and the final tune was Jivin' with Jack the Bellboy. All compositions by Monsieur Illinois Jaquette, one of the premier voices of the tenor saxophone, and a a great, uh, charismatic jazz star. We're going to change the pace a little bit now with some music by resident vocalist Karen Plato. Now, Karen is uh, such a wonderful person and an inspiration to so many younger uh, vocalists. And she's originally from Saskatchewan and, of course, has uh, lived out here for many years and performed... Uh, here in Vancouver uh, in various um, venues and locales. And uh, she just has this wonderful album out called This Could Be The One. And it features Karen with James Dandifer on clarinets, Chris Jestrin on piano, Lawrence Mullerup on bass, and Joe Poole on drums. And we're going to hear... the title track on this, which is a composition by Karen Plato. Um, It's called This Could Be The One. And then we're going to move to a Hank Williams tune, very famous tune, called I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. And the final tune is Karen's duet with the great Jim Burns. And uh, this is a tune called what came before so here then is the music of Karen Plato One,
4: two I one, two <laughs> Somehow it's hoping When words are spoken This could be the one Tender and true to you And fills you with emotion A new devotion You get the notion This could be the one Love is worth it Every single try Love Is worth it There is no one To deny this So simple and so Complicated at the same time Maybe you will find A special one of a kind This could be the one This could be the one This could be the one Sounds too blue to fly the mid- To hide his face and cry. so
1: you think about me, I see it within your eyes, and yet you don't even know me, still you could be quite surprised. Man, too quickly, you'll
2: be surprised what you could come to know. Don't
1: judge her. I know what you think about me I see it within your eyes and yet surprise what you might come to know
4: Don't judge a girl you might not understand what came before
1: maybe, maybe much more.
0: We heard three tunes from a brand new album by resident vocalist Karen Plato, along with uh, James Dandifer playing bass clarinet or regular clarinet, uh, Chris Jesteron on piano, uh, Lawrence Mollerup on bass, Joe Poole on drums, and of course on that uh, last tune we heard the great Jim Burns uh, duetting with uh, Karen on um, her composition called What Came Before. And before that, we heard the classic Hank Williams tune called I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry, and we opened with the title track from this album, This Could Be The One. We'll, we'll, we'll hear some more from this album. It's a delightful experience, and Karen Plato, of course, is uh, just a, a, a fine, fine singer and uh, has been part of Vancouver's music scene for uh, for many years and uh, is deserving of uh, as many accolades as you can uh, raise. Karen Plato. This could be the one. And um, I would suggest, if you're interested in this album, you can go on to Karen's website, which is W. Karen Plato, and Karen is spelt K-A-R-I-N-P-L-A-T-O dot com. Check it out. There you go. We're going to move back in time now and play you a couple of tunes by the Metronome All-Stars. Now, Metronome was a music magazine, a very fine one. We had Metronome and Downbeat. Metronome was... Uh, in those days, a much better. Uh, Downbeat was more a, a kind of a broadsheet. And um, it became, of course, uh, a, a much more prominent jazz magazine. But uh, Metronome was the magazine to look for um, if you were specifically interested in in jazz or back in the 30s in, in swing music. And uh, so Metronome magazine sponsored... These uh recording sessions, because they had a popularity poll <laughs> you know vote for your favorite musician, and um uh every year they would publish the results and and uh various people would win because they were popular and back in the thirties, it's amazing because people uh maybe uh, listeners were very acute then I mean people listen to music in a different way now because it it is different, right? But um, it seemed that uh, back in the 30s, for instance, if if somebody heard a trombone, they would know that that was maybe Tommy Dorsey or J.C. Higginbottom or uh, Jack Teagarden. If they heard a trumpet, they would be able to tell you the difference between Bunny Berrigan and Harry James, Um this seemed very uh, kind of acute listening. And uh, uh, anyway, that's uh, maybe a little bit of conjecture, but uh, I know for a fact that it, that it was very true. People from that generation have told me that um, they, they could identify the artist by simply listening, the, the, the um, uh, individual And these were not devoted jazz listeners. These were fans. Uh, You know, these weren't people that poured over jazz records or collected them or anything. These were just average people. And um, of course, jazz was uh, very, very popular back in the 30s. Uh, It wasn't sort of a sideline music the way it is today. Anyway. Getting back to this, the Metronome, uh, the Metronome Magazine sponsored these all-star bands. first one took place March the 31st, 1937. And this is, um, we're going to hear two tunes. This is the product of, of two tunes that were recorded. Um, Bunny Berrigan, one of the most popular trumpet players of his day. As a matter of fact, Louis Armstrong said that Bunny Berrigan was the greatest white trumpet player ever and that was a huge compliment from Louis armstrong so we hear bunny berrigan on trumpet tommy dorsey the great band leader on trombone fats waller on piano dick mcdonough on guitar and george wetling on drums and we're going to hear two tunes and uh, you'll note that there is no bass in this ensemble but uh it's taken care of by fats waller's incredible piano playing So we're going to hear two tunes from this session. The first one, of course, is uh, a composition by Fats Waller, Honeysuckle Rose. And the second tune is this band's interpretation of the blues. So here then are the Metronome All-Stars from March 31st, 1937. (laughs) Oh, my God. There you are, 1937, one of the very first metronome all-star sessions. And, of course, uh, these were the most popular musicians of the day. Um, And they recorded those two tunes. Bunny Berrigan on trumpet, Tommy Dorsey on trombone, Fats Waller on piano, Dick McDonough on guitar, and George Wetling on drums. And we heard Honeysuckle Rose, written by Fats Waller, and we heard um, the blues was the second tune. Now, in 1939, they had another metronome all-stars, a little bit different this time, a bigger band, and uh, some very popular artists. The, the people involved here, Bunny Berrigan, once again, on trumpet, Charlie Spivak and Sonny Dunham on trumpets. Spivak and Dunham were uh, band leaders in their own right, on Trombone, Tommy Dorsey and Jack Teagarden. Um, Benny Goodman on clarinet, Jaime Scherzer on alto saxophone, Eddie Miller on t- and Arthur Rollini on tenor saxophones, Bob Zerke on piano, Carmen Mastron on guitar, Bob Haggard on bass, and Duke on drums. These were the this was the Metronome All Stars from nineteen thirty nine. And the first tune we're going to hear is a tune written by the great composer Edgar Sampson. It's called Blue Lou, and it features solos by Bunny Berrigan, Jack Teagarden, Eddie Miller, Sonny Dunham, and Benny Goodman, Bob Zerke, and Ray Baduc and Bunny Berrigan in the, uh, in the coda. And it's uh, Tommy Dorsey's arrangement of the tune. The second tune we're going to hear is a classic. It features a trombone duet between Tommy Dorsey and Jack Teagarden. And it's a very beautiful experience. And um, then the other soloists on the blues, Harry James, comes into the session, very popular in his day. Um, Arthur Rollini on tenor saxophone. Benny Goodman, once again, solos on clarinet, and Bob Zerky on piano, and it goes out with Jack Teagarden. Anyway, so two tunes by the Metronome All-Stars, January 11th, 1939, a little different sound this time. Thank you. And that's the Metronome All-Stars from 1939. And of course full of um, very prominent musicians uh, of their time. Including uh, Harry James, Bunny Berrigan, Charlie Spivak, and Sonny Dunham on trumpets. Tommy Dorsey and Jack Teagarden on trombones. Benny Goodman, of course, on clarinet. Amy Scherzer on alto saxophone, Eddie Miller and Arthur Rollini on tenor saxophones, Bob Zerke on piano, Carmen Mastron on guitar, Bob Haggard on bass, and Reba Duke on drums. Interestingly enough, in those days, the guitar players did not use amplification, <laughs> they were playing acoustically. Um, the electric guitar still really hadn't come in yet. And uh, then, of course, when that happened, well, we all know. Anyway, the Metronome All-Stars from January eleventh, 1939. The first tune we heard was uh, one by Edgar Sampson called Blue Lou, and the second tune was called simply The Blues. All right. Hope you enjoyed that uh, little trip down uh, memory lane. We're going to get back to some contemporary music now by somebody... Um, and he's a good friend of mine, and I'm so happy he won the Juno Award for Jazz Album of the Year, solo, and I'm talking about the great Hungarian-born, self-taught pianist, Roby Botos. Roby is a... has a touch of genius... And of course, he's got this wonderful album called Old Soul, and it won the Juno Award this year last weekend. And on Roby plays, of course, um, keyboards on here and composed these two pieces of music that we're going to hear. Uh, Mike Downs is on bass, Larnell Lewis is on drums, Seamus Blake is on board playing the iwi, which is the electronic wind instrument, and the tenor saxophone. And there is a string section on the second tune. We're going to hear two compositions. The first one is the opener uh, of the album. It's called Diamond. And the second tune, uh, Roby says, is called Budapest. And of course, it's dedicated to the city that he was born. And He has Good memories and not so good memories from Budapest. You have to remember that uh, Robi is Roma, and um, the Roma people have uh, suffered a lot in those um, countries, like Hungary, Romania, etc., etc. So that's what the this composition kind of commemorates. So we're going to hear these two uh, pieces of music from this Juno Award-winning album by Roby Botos. And? Yes. All right. I just... Getting semi-organized here. (laughs) Semi-organized. All right. Here we go. (music) We'll <music> Congratulations, Roby Botos, for winning the Juno. Yes, this album, Old Soul, won the Juno Award for Best Solo Jazz Album. And we heard two pieces of music from here. Of course, uh, the basic quartet was uh, Roby on piano and keyboards, um Lewis on drums, Mike Downs on acoustic bass, and Seamus Blake on tenor saxophone and ele- electronic wind instrument, known as the EWI, And we heard two compositions by Robbie Botos. The first one was called Diamond, and then we added, added um, a string quartet to the second piece of music, which is dedicated to his city of his birth. Budapest, and that was the name of the piece. Very touching and very emotional and uh, I think demonstrates uh, Roby's uh, ambivalence to the time spent in his hometown. So that's the name of the album. It's called Old Soul, and it won the Juno, deservedly. Roby is uh, definitely has a touch of genius. We're going to turn now to another pianist, um, this time a little more obscure, and he was part of the Los Angeles kind of underground scene in Los Angeles. Very, very fine and reliable pianist by the name of Dolo Coker. Charles Dolo Coker, and um, also a fine composer. And, of course, he played with everyone, including Charlie Parker, Sonny Stitt, Dexter Gordon, um, a long history in, uh, in jazz music, and ended up in Los Angeles, where he became part of the, the, the uh, real jazz scene down in Los Angeles. And he did this album called simply Dolo is the name of the album, and he picks some great players. Harold Land on tenor saxophone, one of the great voices of that instrument. Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and Frank Butler on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes from this album. Uh, We're going to hear the title track called Dolo, uh, written by Dolo Coker. And the uh, tune number two is entitled Affair in Havana both compositions by Mr. Coker. So here then, the musical stylings of Dolo Coker and Company. (laughs) ¶¶ That was a band led by pianist Dolo Coker. And Dolo was a big part of the Los Angeles uh, jazz scene when this was recorded back in 1976 for Xanadu Records. And uh, Mr. Coker led the band uh, and played the piano, of course, with Harold Land on tenor saxophone, Blue Mitchell on trumpet, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and Frank Butler on drums. We heard two compositions by Dolo. Uh, the first one was self-titled. It was called Dolo. And the second tune was entitled Affair in Havana. The music of Dolo Coker, the late Dolo Coker. And um just like to mention that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9. Or, of course, if you live stream, that's C-I-T-R dot C-A. And my name's Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show, and we do this every week from 9 p.m. until well after midnight every Monday night. So uh, if you're a first-time listener, Welcome. Couple of websites, very important websites to get onto. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. That's CoastalJazz.ca. Um, they have, of course, those are the people, fine people that uh, uh, put together the International Jazz Festival every summer. But they also have events throughout the year, and going on that website, you'll be able to find out what's going on. And of course you can also check out the schedule at Frankie's, uh, which is really going well. Uh, Frankie's uh, Jazz Club down on Beattie Street and there's all kinds of um, musical events happening there and you can can get a a uh, pre-programmed schedule of events there and find out who you want to hear. You can book a table, you can do all that stuff on that particular website so that's coastaljazz.ca and the other fine website is put together by my old friend Brian Nation that is vancouverjazz.com and that's a, a fun website to browse around brian keeps it up to date and there's always uh, always stuff on there to uh, to check out so coastaljazz.ca vancouverjazz.com and i always like to mention the saturday afternoon Jazz happens at Pat's Pub, which of course is in the historic Patricia Hotel, the downtown East Side. Every Saturday afternoon, some of our finest musicians perform at Pat's Pub. and it's a very friendly venue. Uh, they will never charge you cover. and uh, there's a wide selection of uh, beverages and, and good food. And good acoustics as well, and a really nice atmosphere. Every Saturday afternoon, very popular, um, from 3 to 7 at Pat's Pub. So worth checking out. We're going to return to some music now. This one is a little different, again, from what we've been listening to. This is Eberhard Weber and Colors. And Eberhard, of course... Um, led this band over several um, albums, and the band comprised of uh, Mr. Weber on bass, along with Charlie Mariano, the late Charlie Mariano, playing soprano saxophone and various flutes, Rainier Bruninghaus on piano, synthesizer, and various keyboards, and John Marshall on drums. And uh, this is a selection from uh, their album, Silent Feet. This is a piece of music written, of course, by Eberhard Weber and called Seriously Deep. some music by the great Eberhard Weber. And Eberhard Weber wrote that piece of music called Seriously Deep. And that's from an album um, by his band, which was called Colors. Uh, Eberhard Weber and Colors. And they recorded for ECM Records. And Eberhard Weber played the bass along with Charlie Mariano on soprano saxophone, Rainier Bruninghaus on piano and keyboards, and John Marshall on drums. Seriously deep from the album entitled Silent Feet. We're going to turn now to a live recording that was done at the Half Note Club in New York City back in 1966. And led by the great, as they, Art Blakey used to refer to him as the Uncrowned King, Kenny Dorham on trumpet, along with uh, Sonny Red, Sylvester Kiner Jr. Sonny Red on alto saxophone, one of my favorites. Cedar Walton on piano, John Orr on bass, and Hugh Walker on drums. And uh, this is a Kenny Dorham composition. Entitled Jung Fu. This is Alan Grant welcoming you to our Portraits and Jazz show, live and stereo from the Half Note Club. Presenting tonight, Kenny Durham with the quintet, with Sonny Red on alto, Hugh Walker on drums, John Orr, the bassist, and Cedar Walton at the piano. Our opening tune, Jung Fu. That's Kenny Durham on a tune called Jung Fu. Here's your copy, Kenny, to the compliments of... uh, of That's the voice of uh, the great Alan Grant who uh, did radio shows from the Half Note and, of course, that's the reason that we can hear this music uh, because it's uh, been preserved somewhere and now reissued on the Uptown label. From an album called K.D. Is Here... Kenny Dorham, the uncrowned king leading the band on trumpet, Sonny Red on alto saxophone, Cedar Walton on piano, John Orr on bass, and young Hugh Walker on drums. And that was Kenny's composition called Jung Fu from this album. And it was recorded in uh, February of 1966 at the Half Note. We're going to turn now to... uh, piece of music it was written by Phineas Newborn, a great pianist. but He wrote the tune, uh, called it the Ivy League Blues. And we're going to hear Tricky Lofton on trombone, Wilbur Brown, there's an underrated, uh, wonderful saxophonist, um, tenor saxophonist, Bobby Hutcherson on vibes, Frank Strazeri on piano, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and the leader... Ron Jefferson on drums. And this is a track from his album called Love Lifted Me. And this will be uh, the final tune that we're going to hear on the jazz show. So here is the Ivy League Blues. The Ivy League Blues, written by Phineas Newborn, the pianist, and played by a band led by drummer Ron Jefferson, recorded in uh, Los Angeles, September of 1961. And we heard Tricky Lofton on trombone, Wilbur Brown on tenor saxophone, Bobby Hutcherson on vibes, Frank Straseri on piano, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and, of course, Mr. Jefferson on drums. The Ivy League Blues. We leave you with the blues. So thank you very much for being out there on behalf of The Jazz Show and myself, Gavin Walker, and radio station CITR 101.9 on your FM dial, of course, and live streaming, CITR.ca. Enjoy the weather. It's really going to be nice for the next couple of days and warm and spring-like. And we're heading into a full moon, too. So it's all going to be happening. So let it happen to you. Take care. We'll see you in seven days' time. Bye-bye.
1: Badu do wee do